Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. It's Christine Jewell, and today we're talking about triggers, things that you know, piss us off inside of relationships. What makes a healthy relationship? And what are some of the common things that I really see in men and women, especially women, but men too, who are really struggling to have and hold, hold healthy relationship dynamics? What are some of the personality traits, the operating systems? And I'm really going to dial in on one or two or specific ones that I'm seeing especially in the people who I've coached that I've seen that I've watched and observed from a distance and looking back and reflecting on my own life, who are really having a hard time either attracting their their soulmate, their partner, someone who will love them, respect them, desire them, appreciate them the way they want to be, that are struggling to be heard, seen, appreciated inside of their relationship. People who are really struggling with that, who are feeling isolated, maybe, you know, like nobody understands them, nobody gets them, nobody, right, appreciates what they have to say or whatever the thing is. Um, What are some of the common traits, right? They're that I've seen. And I want to unpack this because we've all been triggered. We're human. If you're human, you're going to be triggered. If you're human, you're going to have moments where people push your buttons, especially as we get more and more intimate in our relationships, right? The people that are closest to us tend to like know us the best, know how to push our buttons. But I want to just jump right in. And this conversation was actually inspired by one of my dear friends who posted something on social media the other day. And there was like 60 comments to what he posted. I'm going to share it in a minute. But what was interesting was just the amount of arguing and debating and needing to explain and justify and throw arrows and like all of this energy and all of this life force that people were pouring into having a debate with a man who simply just made a three-line statement, okay? And I was so tempted to jump in and say something. And I thought, I'm just going to sit back here and I'm going to watch the circus. I'm going to just observe all of this energy and all of this chaos and all of these people getting all worked up because they have their interpretation of what he said or their, you know, history and their wounding around something that was scratched by this one man's opinion or comment. And here's the thing, you guys, I want to start right with that is that if you are someone who's been struggling in relationships, and I, again, am qualified to have this conversation because I used to be this person who always had to fight back, who always had something to say, who always like got offended easily. Those people who are struggling in relationships, and if you're one of them, and it doesn't matter if it's with your lover, with your kids, with your executive team, 
People who struggle in relationships to have healthy dynamics are usually the ones who take offense so easily. Okay. This is one, this is one operating system, one trait. They are easily offended. And I'm going to say this, that those who are easily offended are easily manipulated. If you're easy to offend, oh my love, you are so easy to mess with, <laughs> right? Let's be honest. And sometimes we're the one doing the, the poking of the bear, right? I've been the one poking the bear, you know, poking my husband, poking my ex, poking whatever. Poke. And sometimes it's fun to poke fun or poke, poke, poke and see what kind of reaction you can get. But nevertheless, the truth remains that if we're easy to offend, if we're easily offended, we're easily manipulated, which means we're easy to control, right? We are predictable, right? People can push a button and know exactly what they're going to get on the other side. They can pull a puppet string and know that they're going to get this response. And this is how we end up in these games. We end up in these games and relationships. We end up frustrated going, how did I get back here again? It's like, my love, you're easy to manipulate. You're easy to control. You're easy to play games with, right? And so what causes this? I just wanted to bring this up because some of us, like, maybe you're aware of it. Maybe you're not. Maybe you just know that you get bothered and you get reactive. But here's the thing. If you are taking everything personally, right, somebody says something and you just take it as a personal attack or somebody looks at someone the wrong way and right away, it's like you make it about yourself. Oh, they must have meant this, or they don't like what I said, or they're judging me or whatever you receive as a personal attack, right? Which usually means then you launch an attack, right? You've got to have an opinion to launch back because you feel attacked. So you are on the defensive. You're always playing defense. One of the clients I was talking to yesterday, well, I asked him the question, how have most of the relationships in your life operated? And he said to me, I've been playing defense most of my life, either walking on eggshells, trying to avoid something, trying to defend myself, trying to prove myself, trying to explain myself. And this starts at a young age, right? The programming starts at a young age, having to defend, having to prove, having to justify, having to explain why you know, we didn't get 100, we got a 95. Why we didn't get three goals, we got one goal in the game. Why we didn't go out for, you know, varsity team instead of JV or whatever the thing is, why we're choosing to do what we're doing. We've spent and been in programmed and encoded with having to defend, explain, justify, play defense all the time and over explain ourselves, right? And respond just to the content that's in front of us. And so I just want to put this out there because. Uh, the people who are easily offended really, really struggle in cultivating healthy relationships. You know, I look at people who are trying to attract their partner. I speak to them on a daily basis. I see them online saying, man, online dating is really hard. Da, da, da. I'm like, mm, it's so interesting. I'm so curious. I want to learn more about that. Right. Because what I notice is like they get so offended so easily. And so number one, those who are easily offended are easily manipulated. And if you're easily manipulated, that means you're easy to control, right? And somebody else becomes the puppet master and you have become the puppet, my love, right? Someone else is the master, you are the slave. You are a hostage now to someone else's thoughts, someone else's behavior, someone else's look, someone else's opinion of you. Instead of saying, you know what? Other people's opinions of me is none of my business. You are another human. I honor you and respect you as a human. I know you're going to have opinions that are different than mine and that's okay. By the way, this takes an 
an incredible amount of emotional maturity to get to, right? Emotional work, right? Emotional awareness. Some of us are so disconnected from what we actually feel. We don't know how to even identify what we feel. We don't have the emotional awareness or intelligence to be able to unearth this. So as we're going back and we're going, wow, have I made other people my master? This is a conversation I have a lot, especially, and I coach a lot of men, I coach a lot of women, but one of the things I hear from men a lot that I've been playing defense, and I'll ask them the very specific question, how much of your bandwidth on a daily basis, give me a percentage, goes towards um, trying to figure out what she's going to act like when you get home or worrying about her response. If she's going to respond, if she's going to receive you, you know, if she's going to have something critical to say, like how much of your bandwidth is going towards worrying about thinking about, you know, energetically doing the lifting for the other person in your life. I wonder what she's going to do. I wonder if she's going to text me. I wonder if she's going to be pissed when I get home. I wonder if she's happy. I wonder if da da da. And like how much of your life force is actually outside of your body when you're in that state? By the way, if you're a parent, this can happen with your kids, right? Where you are literally exiting your body and you are giving all of your life force to worrying about, thinking about, meditating on what someone else is thinking, doing, perceiving about you. You're literally spending copious amounts of time outside of your body looking at yourself through someone else's eyes. This is a very, very dangerous place to live. Number one, you completely become disconnected from yourself. You start to lose yourself. You start to feel like a shadow of a shell of yourself walking around with a heightened nervous system that's like constantly buzzing as if you're being poked with a cattle prod, right? It's very unsettling place to live, to walk, to breathe, to work in. You do not have a lot of your potency of life force in this place. In fact, you're so watered down that there isn't a lot of magnetism to you. There's not a a lot of attractiveness to you when you're constantly in that a heightened nervous system state, you're anxious, you're jittery, you're outside of your body, you're not grounded, you're not present, right? And so when we're in that space, like people can feel that energetically, you're just like pulling on their life force, you're there to take, you're there to worry. And it's like, God, just leave me alone, right? It can feel almost like an energetic vampire coming at you. So it's, it's such an interesting dynamic when we begin to ask ourselves this question, like, am I easily offended, right? What are the stories I'm telling myself? Like, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting is one of my favorite questions by this way. When we look back and I remember like, I very much used to be in this space that I was a hostage in my relationships to, you know, is my ex, is he going to want to hang out today? Like, is he going to, did he text me when I would wake up in the morning and I'd roll over and I'd look at my phone. And if I got a text, it was like, Oh, I was on top of the world. And if the text wasn't there, I was like, Oh, clearly he doesn't care. And I would spiral down. Right. Same thing, like rolling over in bed. Like, you know, is, did he say good morning to me first and make me coffee first? And, or did I have to do it for him? And I was in this transactional world all the time, measuring up, right? What I was putting in versus what they were putting in. So this is another program, right? You're in the measuring operating system, right? The, this one that says, okay, I'm always having to tally up who went first, who put in more time, who put in more energy, who says the right things more often, who apologizes first, who initiates sex first, right? These are things I hear a lot. So as we go back and we're like, okay, so the first is operating system 
that I see a lot of people that struggle in relationships having is number one, they are always playing defense or offense, right? They're easily offended. They're always in attack or defend mode. The second one is they're measuring all the time, right? Did they do enough? Did I do enough? Who's doing more? And this is really the question of like, are we honoring like and tuned into you know, how much we pour out and how much we receive, are we able actually to receive? Or are we just in this very transactional relationship? And by the way, this has a lot to do with like being in the energy of being in a relationship to take, to get. And so if you're starting to get resentful that you're giving, giving, giving and not receiving, I would ask you like, who's it for? You're giving, who's it for? Are you giving it because you enjoy giving? Are you giving because it's for the other person and also for you to give? Are you giving because you're like, I want to receive, (laughs) right? I'm not here because I want to give. I'm actually here because I want to receive. So I'm giving to get, which I talked about in a previous episode on the art of receiving. I did a three-part series on that, but we don't even realize we're in these relationships And it can be anything, whether you're giving flowers to your partner, whether you're giving a compliment or a back rub, are you giving to get and then pissed off when you don't receive? Then I would ask you, who's it for, right? When you're initiating things, who's it for? Is it so that you can feel better? Is it so that you can get a temporary fix? If you're waiting for her response, you're waiting to see what she's going to do or what she's going to say, or you're waiting for someone what you're waiting on is just a fix for your nervous system to calm down, right? You're actually going to them to get pacified yourself, right? You're not going just curious about, hey, I'm checking in, how are you doing? And if they don't respond, well, they're busy, right? Or something else is going on and you can go about your business. You're going, the intention of your going is, hey, I'm checking in. It's for, because I'm going in, it's for me to know that I'm giving you a little check-in and to let you know that, hey, someone's thinking about you, period. Letting that be enough instead of going because I need to feel the cord to you. I was having a conversation with someone the other day who is in a new relationship and she loves this guy like he's amazing and da, da, da. But she was like questioning the relationship. Like, do I really love him? Because like, I feel very calm in this relationship. Everything's amazing. Like he makes me happy and da, da, da. But like, there's not these fireworks going off and there's not all this electricity. And, and here's the thing. You know what question I asked her is, what chords do you have open to your past, your past lovers, your exes? And I've heard her use the language of comparison. Well, comparing her current lover to her ex or comparing her to an ex-boyfriend or whatever. And we do this sometimes. We're in this comparison. And it doesn't have to be that you're comparing someone. It could be a friend to another friend. It could be a client to another client, an employee. But when we start comparing, right, it's kind of a dangerous territory because we're not fully there to see the person as they are. We've got them up again on this measuring stick comparing them. And I want to say why this is especially dangerous if you still have open doors or energetic ties to exes, you know, that you either slept with, that your your ex that you were married to, your ex that broke your heart, where you have unresolved healing to do, especially if you're still communicating with them, right? And so as I was talking to, to this woman and she was like, I don't know, you know, this fireworks, I asked her like, do you have doors open? to to any of your exes and she said well you know this one guy and like there was so many fireworks and all this stuff and he still reaches out to me from time to time just to see how I'm doing 
And I was like, isn't that interesting, right? He still has this cord that is going to connect to her and check in and see how she's doing. But really going back, the reason why I'm sharing the story is like, who is that checking in for? It's not to see how she's doing. He's doing it to keep a door open because that was his pattern before. He would constantly keep doors open to other men, like other women in his life, exes, friends, whatever, and have these little touch points. And I call them like these umbilical cords, right? That keep you energetically tied to someone. And when we still have these like you know, number one, the reason I'm sharing this is again, who is it for when I'm initiating a conversation, when I'm checking in with someone, if I'm truly doing it out of the genuine um, curiosity of my heart to let that be enough, that's great, because then I can drop it. It's like, boom, I send it and I forget it. It's like an arrow, right? But if you're attached to getting a response or needing to, oh my gosh, I have to text this person back, or there's this like obligation sense, or there's this guilt, or there's this like weird pull then I would check in with that, right? Because this is another pattern that I see in people who struggle in relationships is they're going, you know, to get, or they're keeping all of these doors open to the past, right? Or to other relationships. And by the way, it could be friendships that are just not feeding their soul, but they're getting something else met in the relationship. Maybe they're getting significance. Maybe they're, they're feeling like, oh, this person needs me, right? So I get that sense of being needed and wanted. But it's not because you're going there to truly support someone else. It's because you're getting the feeling that you're needed and wanted. By the way, we that is a human need, but it's a, it's a very fine line where it becomes about me, 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 me. And when it's not about the other person, Right. It's not about honoring the other person and giving from a heart of service, of love, of compassion. The third thing, and I want to share a couple more stories about this and then I'm going to wrap. But like the third thing I see here is like the the total misunderstanding of what respect actually means. And this ties into the first one. Right. The one thing I see, another thing that I really see in people who struggle in relationships, and this is something I've talked about often on this show, is like literally not understanding what it means to respect and honor and appreciate another human being and respect that the other person will have different opinions than us, right? If it's my husband, it's like, can I be okay with them having completely different beliefs or completely different opinions on things? And at the end of the day, I can allow him to have his opinion, allow him, maybe isn't the right word, but I could sit there and listen to it and disagree, but still love him, right? And still love him. Can I be curious about honoring his opinion and his belief without having to go, well, what do you mean by that? And taking offense to it, right? So going back to the other, you know, I think it was yesterday when when my friend Nick made a post and he posted this picture of his family and their two kids and his beautiful wife. And like, they have a traditional family unit. And his post was like, hey, big shout out to, all of the people that are, you know, doing their best, who have a, you know, faith background to raise their children in an environment and at a time in a culture when there's so much distortion going on. Those were not his words. So don't hold me to it. But again, it was like immediately the amount of offense that people took to what, well, then what are you saying? This isn't right. Right. And it was like, wow, these people, I'm just kind of blown away. I'm still like laughing and also like, wow, to be playing at such a surface level 
that all they see is that and they only look at the content instead of the context, right? And when I look at that, I see and whatever he posts. And again, even if it's someone else who posts something that I completely disagree with, I'm like, you know what I can respect? I can respect the fact that you stand for something. I appreciate that you know who you are. I appreciate that you have things that you value that you stand for and you stand behind that you want to hold dear. I appreciate the fact that you are bold enough to be authentic about what you believe in and sharing your message You without attacking someone. He wasn't attacking someone. He was simply stating an opinion. But if we perceive it as an attack, right? He wasn't saying you guys aren't doing this. There was nothing about that. He's like, shout out to all the people who, right? And he was celebrating. He's literally just appreciating something, people are taking it as an attack. So interesting to me. So as I look at these situations, and I've had to do so much work on this, you guys, in my own life is like, when I look at the things and some of my best teachers have been my children, my teenage children who I'm like, did I raise you? I'm pretty sure like you grew up in my house and I had completely different values and rules. And while, you know, I think that there's a season in time where kids kind of leave and go off and they have to find themselves. So they have to reject what their mom and dad says. They have to separate the leaving and the cleaving, right? Like they have to leave the shelter and the the protection and kind of go off into their own wilderness and rebel a bit and go through their, their journey. Some of the things that they've come to me and said, I'm like, wow, like, you know, it's, it could be kind of hard to receive it sometimes as a parent, some of their opinions, some of their beliefs, some of the things that they're buying into at times. And, you know, in the beginning, when I was a younger parent and I was newer at this game, I've now gone through many teenagers because I've had stepkids as well. I used to get really wound up about this and really worried and really anxious. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd have to explain to them and defend and prove a point. Now I'm at the stage where I can get curious about it. And I can appreciate the fact that this is where they are on their journey. Right. And I can begin to meet them where they're at and go, oh, tell me more. Like, what about this um, is interesting to you? Or, you know, what, what do you feel so strongly about this? Or like, tell me more. I can meet them with curiosity or I can just appreciate and acknowledge them and accept them for where they are. That's like, hey, I love the fact that you can be bold about this, that you can be bold about what you believe in period, right? And people's beliefs change, by the way, over time, right? They're actually not fixed. We have an amazing ability for our beliefs to be molded and shaped and shift and upgraded if we choose. And we can do this consciously or unconsciously. So can we be leaders? Can we be parents? Can we be lovers? Can we be friends and daughters and sisters and brothers who can actually look at the person that we love or we're close to that is really like feels like they're on a totally different planet sometimes and go well you know I really can appreciate where you're at I can respect you for where you're at I can respect the fact that you have different opinions and I think that this begins to be the doorway that really allows us to a, have way more safety inside of our relationships where we can be fully seen for who we are, where we can be appreciated for our differences. Because at the end of the day, it's our uniqueness. It's our differences It's our, that create polarity, that create magnetism and attraction. I'm sorry, but it would be really boring if you were in a relationship with someone who had all the same thoughts as you believed, all the same things, liked all the same things, operated the same. There would be no attraction. It would just be like a neutral nothing, right? There'd be nothing for you to stick to. So we've heard this like opposites attract, but then we start butting heads instead of remembering 
wow, right. This is what makes us unique. And can I honor your uniqueness? I don't have to accept necessarily that what you're saying is truth, but because I love you, I will, you know, honor you <laughs> and honor your differences. And so going back to that, you know, conversation from earlier, it's like when you see something on a social media post or your kids say something or your partner says something and you start to feel yourself triggered, like what can you celebrate beyond the surface level content that they're saying? Part of the magic of my work and why I know it works so well with my clients is that so often when they're coming to talk to me about something and they will be like, they want to go into this huge story about, well, this happened and this happened and they said this, I'm actually not listening to any of the surface level stuff. Because to be honest, a lot of it is just noise. What I'm observing is the energy that they're in, right? What has taken over them? Is it joy? Is it clarity? Is it confusion? right? Is it like they're in angriness or bitterness? I'm observing their energy. I'm observing what is controlling them or if they're in control of their emotion. I'm observing, are they in their body or out of their body, right? And, and I'm bringing them back to themselves. I'm inviting them to come back into their body, you know, to celebrate what they do know, what they are clear on, right? And appreciate that they know within themselves and also what they can appreciate about where other people are at in their life. This gives us a completely different vantage point to meet each other, right? Which is one of curiosity, which is one of empathy, which is one of compassion, which is one of grace. Even when somebody screws up royally, we're not out to get revenge, right? Or make them suffer because they, they lied to us or they did something. We can put ourselves in their shoes. That's what empathy is. It's like, can I walk in your shoes for just a minute, right? Can I see where you've come from, right? Even though the behavior you just did may have wronged me, right? In some way, instead of reacting to the surface level, can I walk in your shoes for a minute? Can I drop into the seat where you wrote this post and maybe be curious about what was coming up for you? Can I celebrate you in some way? And I think this is a beautiful place when we begin to move into the space of building each other up, being curious, working together, celebrating each other's differences. Because I can't remember a time in history when we have been touting, you know, accept everybody, accept everybody, love everybody. And yet we're so terrified to be ourselves because we have to be politically correct. We can't offend anybody. I mean, it's like, none of that makes sense. On one end, we're saying we want to accept and love everybody where they are. We've got to accept and love everyone. And on the other end, you know, I've got clients that are afraid to use the word like, Hey guys, in a social media post, because they've got people telling them that you can't say that anymore. Right. I, had this conversation even with my book publisher where I was writing things and they're like, well, you can't write that. I'm like, what do you mean? I can't write that. I can write that. That's what I believe, right? I'm not going to water down who I am. And I can say what I have to say and still love others. I can believe what I believe and still love others who believe completely different things. And I think that this is a superpower. I don't think I know this is a superpower in relationship. And it's also the downfall for people who are struggling in relationships. And I gotta tell you, I've worked with therapists as clients. I've worked with psychiatrists, psychologists. I've worked with doctors. I've worked with leaders who do a ton of leadership trainings. I've worked with entrepreneurs that have done so much mindset work and it still blows their mind how reactive they can be to other people, how much of a hostage they can feel 
right? How reactive and offended they get and how easily they can be manipulated. And even though they might know it in their head, they have the cognitive knowledge, they don't have the embodied awareness to just slow down and pay attention, right? To become an observer of themselves and to consciously begin to change the game of how they relate to other people. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of wrap here today, but I just wanted to share this because I think, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, the content, the person that you're struggling with. It could be the ex-wife of your your husband's ex-wife if you're in a you know blended family. It could be your current partner. It could be the person that maybe you're trying to attract in your life. It could be your executive team. But at the end of the day, we're humans. We're relational beings. At the end of the day, everything is kind of boils down to the same core wounds, the same core behaviors that patterns that we play out over and over again we just do it in different relationships in different ways but when we take away all the complexities and we take away all the bs and we get right down to it what i have found and this is what is so cool when you do the deep dives is that the way i show up sometimes on social media getting all defensive and triggered or afraid to post something is probably how i'm showing up in my most intimate relationships which is means it's probably how i'm showing up with myself right? So if you're easily offended, you know, how much time do you spend beating yourself up, right? Accusing yourself, having to explain to yourself why you're doing what you're doing, why it's okay for you to, you know, do go for the morning run or take a break or take a vacation or do what you love. Like how much time do you spend beating yourself up, right? If you're struggling in relationship with some people, like, How much time are you spending on just honoring other people's opinions and honoring your own and respecting your own beliefs without having to um, defend them? Again, it's the same thing. It comes down to the same core things. The more we can begin to do this for ourselves, the faster we can do it for other people. So if you're feeling unseen, unheard, unwanted, right, rejected, if you're feeling easily offended, The work really begins with you, my loves, right? It begins by going, wow, where am I doing this to myself internally? Because this is how we change the game. This is how we create a ripple effect in the world as we look at the things that we are um, firing back at, offended with, our triggers, right? The things that piss us off. And we get to work on either the healing that has to happen within ourselves that keeps, you know, cutting this wound open, bleeding it out, making it messy, right? Um, we, we look at the healing that needs to happen. We look at the stories that we're telling ourselves about this and we rewrite the stories. And there's so many ways to do this. There's so many ways through different therapies, modalities to rewrite the stories of our past through, you know, exercises that you can journal about going back into your past and retelling the stories through visualizations, through different modalities, right? to talking about it in group settings and masterminds and getting a coach to help you work through this. And we can begin to consciously create a different future, a different outcome by choosing how we will begin to show up. This is what I love about the subconscious mind is that the minute we tell our subconscious, like effective immediately, this is how I show up in communication, in you know, differentiating uh, different different opinions or environments where there's, you know, completely different opinions. When we start telling ourselves and directing our mind 
Like this is how we get to start to navigate. This is how we begin to show up and we let the heart, you know, and the spirit really be in charge. There will be these opportunities that show up for us to begin to practice the new normal, right? But it all starts with self-awareness. And as we change our inner atmosphere, we begin to change the outer atmosphere. And once we change the outer atmosphere, it begins to really have a ripple effect because everywhere you go, people feel like you're just different. There's something different about you. And the atmosphere is different around you. And people, my loves, are affected by their environments. So be very careful as you're walking into a room that you don't become a hostage to the environment that you're in. But if you begin to notice these hot triggers inside yourself and that you are starting to kind of take the bait, as I call it, right? Sometimes we get baited as people poke us, that we become curious about what is the what are the things that bait me, right? Is it certain comments? Is it certain beliefs? Is it certain looks? Like, what are the stories that I immediately tell myself and the emotions that I'm feeling? And like, let's get curious about that and let's begin to change the atmosphere, So like how we do that is we enter into the atmosphere with a different energy altogether. So, and this works um, and it's such a beautiful thing because even yesterday I got to have a conversation with a a new client who was referred by another client who is a regular listener of this show. So you know who you are. And, um, And the referral said to me like, wow, two years ago, this woman was completely different. Like she was just so much more like a bull in a China closet. I don't think those were exactly his words, but like she was a lot more difficult. She, you know, was just a totally different woman. She'd be in, she would just go, go, go. And today she's just so easy to talk to. And she's kind of the safe place. She's like the place that people go to, right? It's like, wow, how do you go from being someone that people wanted to avoid or are are nervous to approach because you're so intimidating to someone who is now a safe place that people are actually coming to, to seek mentorship, to seek guidance, to seek safety. I think that is like the most powerful testimonial and the powerful evidence of the work that we do. So um, Kimmy, if you're listening to the show, I'm giving you a shout out now for being someone who did the work. But there are so many of you who have been the person that raised your hand, did the work to change your inner atmosphere. And as you do so, you begin to change the external atmosphere and never underestimate the ripple effect that you have with the atmosphere and the presence that you bring into a room, because it will have an effect much deeper and wider um, than you could ever imagine, because the person that feels your presence is going to take that somewhere else, right? It's going to, they're going to take that home around the dinner table to their kids. And so it keeps getting passed on. So I do believe we have a great, great responsibility to how we are choosing to show up in relationships. And the reason why I'm so passionate about relationship is, and this conversation is not because, oh, I'm a relationship coach and I think everybody needs to be in love, is really because I recognize, number one, this is a core longing of our hearts to be held, to be loved, to be wanted, to feel safe in relationships, to feel seen and heard. And when we do, you know, I believe men are just amplified in their purpose, their strength increases, women just flourish in their gifts, um, in their beauty radiates more. It's just like a byproduct of feeling heard and being safe is that more of you rises to the surface. And when more of you rises to the surface, like 
you are just more alignment with your mission. You're more on purpose. You are a more powerful creator. There is more ease in your life. Things move with more ease. Money increases, relationships increase, joy increases. So we really, as we raise our own vibration, we are raising the frequency and the vibration of this entire planet by getting our inner atmosphere in order. And I think a huge, huge piece of this really does begin with the relationship with ourself, the relationship with God and relationship with others. Because at the end of the day, when you leave this life, the things you remember are the relationships you had, right? The safety and the love that you felt. And I believe everything else in our life stems from the quality of relationships that we have with ourselves, with God and with others. The quality of your life. I think it was... um, Esther Pearl that says this, and I love when she says the quality of your life is a direct result of the quality of the relationships you hold. And I cannot agree with that more. It's such a powerful, powerful statement. So I leave you with that today. I thank you for joining me. I hope I gave you some things to meditate on, to marinate on as you think about how you're showing up inside your relationships, not only at home, but in anywhere in your life that you're in relationship with people but you have been blessed with so many relationships in your life and um, start where you are, right? Meet yourself where you're at so that you can begin to meet others where they're at. And this is how we become that little pebble that starts to see the bigger ripple effect. All right, you guys, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for being here on this podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please take a minute, share it with people that you love who have been struggling maybe with some of these messages. And I just really challenge you to show up differently. Do not pay attention to the content, the surface level BS, but get to the roots, get curious, get to the context of what else is really going on here, right? The veil is thin now. Um, We can start to see a lot more clearly. A lot of us have eyes open, hearts open. It's a beautiful time to be alive and to really be evolving and growing. together. So it's super exciting. And and the last thing I want to say is if you are someone who wants to go deeper into this work, I will be starting a men's initiation. It's a 90 day group program to really help you discover more of the man that you're created to be. If you feel like you've lost yourself, if you feel like you've been isolated, feeling alone, feeling like you've been a machine and you are just longing for intimacy, connection, trying to figure out who you are again, what you want in the season of life, how to communicate with, you know, in your relationship, in your intimate relationships to better understand yourself and the woman in your life. This is an amazing, amazing starting point for you. So I will drop the link to that in the show notes. You guys can learn more about that until next time. Here's to loving fiercely, leading courageously as warriors of the heart. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable heart shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.